It's a rainy day. It's a beautiful rainy day. It just smells like rain outside. I like these days. It's uh, very humid. Yes. What we have not had is what I really want is good, old-fashioned thunder and lightning. That would be good. Because that greens up the grass so fast. The thunder and lightning does? Yeah, the, the nitrogen. In the lightning. Yes. And the thunder is the byproduct of the lightning. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. I, I did take... I, okay, I will be thunder, you be lightning. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a Las Vegas show. Okay, <laughs> this is this is Father Herb Weber, fresh fresh from Vegas. This is lightning Michael Puppis, <laughs> live from Perrysburg, Ohio. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. It's well a, 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 I'm good. We've had a busy... We haven't talked much yet today, so... Well, I had a busy morning. Tuesdays are, we, we record this on Tuesday, as people know, and usually Tuesday afternoon, and that's what this is. Tuesday mornings are always very busy. Uh, besides the wonderful Mass at 9 o'clock, there's Bible study at from 9.30 to 10.30. Sure. After that, I had some appointments. So the day went has gone very, very fast, but it's been very good and very full. I've been out at Mommy Bay State Park. I was there yesterday morning and again today for a little bit for the diocesan leadership institute providing some music for mass and then a neat little um, liturgy today working with uh, rcia formators uh, formators yeah i is that not a good word i don't know by the way did you catch the word in the homily last sunday Ye, no what word i told you i was going to use the word reverie oh <laughs> yes i did i did use it you did i uh, i I wanted to use it because it was the appropriate word. Yes. But as I, I started second-guessing myself, this was in the preparation for the homily. Sure. I, I thought, is reverie, does it mean what I think it means? So I looked it up. And? And reverie, R-E-V-E-R-Y, yeah. means like you're in a, a state of thinking, reflection, uh-huh. and that's what I wanted, that I was so jolted out of my reverie when I was on top of the, uh, the pyramid. You did it correctly. Yes, but I was also very scared that I would say the wrong word because there's revelry, which is R E V E L R Y, which means like partying. That's a very different meaning. <laughs> yes, I, so I, I I held my breath that I would say it correctly, but I wanted to say it because it was the word I wanted. I mean, it just said everything for me. And then, of course, my head also thinks of revelry, which uh, which is also a good thing, but that's spelled totally different. But that's. Get, getting you up in the morning. Did you used to be able to play that on trumpet? Uh, not well. <laughs> Did you play taps? Uh, yes, but there's a lot of pressure to play they, taps. They say taps is very hard. Yeah, it, I won't get into the how to play brass instruments explanation here, but it's it taps. there's just a lot of pressure. By the way, for those who are listening, you probably don't know, Michael was a a trumpet minor in college only for three months his major was piano right for three months no i I finished (laughs) the piano hey uh speaking of your homily last weekend i put out on instagram yesterday uh talking about you know talking about playing king of the mountain when you were on the when i was a kid yes so i was asking people we were asking people what was your favorite thing to do at recess as a kid and here were some of the responses oh i want to hear that yes uh first was foursquare did you ever play Foursquare? No, that came. We didn't have squares in my <laughs> my era. Just just the wheels were squares. Yeah, yeah. The wheel uh, had been invented. <laughs> kickball, always a good choice. Yes. Did you play kickball? Yeah. Okay. Well, the actually in those days, I think it was just the girls. Uh, reading a book. That was for the kid that didn't want to have any friends. So. Oh, I don't remember that at recess. <laughs> no. no. Uh, freeze tag. Okay, that's fun. 
uh, Foursquare again, so that was a popular option. That was big in my era, so I'm appreciative of the Foursquare. Capture the flag, that was very fun. Uh, and then another person sent in, I didn't post this one cause I didn't want it out there, but I can say it on the podcast. <laughs> he said, uh, I didn't usually get to go to recess cause I got sent to the principal's office and they made me read the Bible as punishment. <laughs> <laughs> so good old days of recess and the kids in Perrysburg are back to school today, t- starting today. Yeah. So good things are happening. It's August. It's August. And we are up to the 20th Sunday of ordinary time. Great. But before we get into that, do you remember 2005? I do. That's the year that we, we had our, started We had our first mass of the parish. It's also the year I met my wife. Oh, really? Yeah. At church? No, I brought her to church after I met her, but I didn't meet okay. her here. Well, 2005, the first mass was on the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time. Yes. Which was also August 21st. 21st. So we're we're coming up to that. I always, when we get to the twentieth and twenty first, I get excited because it's anniversary time. It is. Are you buying me anything? No. <laughs> Typical. Typical uh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's do some readings. All right. Uh, we have continued. We have continued to work our way through Luke's gospel, and just for another week or so, we're we're continuing to talk about discipleship and. Uh, Jesus is getting ready to to basically uh, move on to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So today he's talking about, in a way, his own death and, you know, suffering, crucifixion, and death. Sure. And he's referring to it as the baptism of fire. Dun, dun, dun. So we're going to have some visuals for this gospel today. Oh, how about for this weekend? We could bring in people that juggle fire. We could have a fire-breathing dragon. Or a fire swallower. We could, <laughs> we could set the baptismal font on fire. Or just pour oil over the top. No, Ooh. no, no, no. Let's just let it remain in your mind, in your imagination. Let our hearts be set afire. That's by all, the way, that, I will... That, by the way, that is a good word right there. Let your heart be set on fire. I will, be the, I will apologize to the entire parish right now. I got a little carried away. Oh, with, with the songs for this week? I saw them listed in the bulletin this morning. There's a, f- <laughs> there's a few fire-themed songs. I I don't know. It just seemed like a good fit. We haven't done them for a while. Can, can you? I counted three. There's definitely three. Out of four. That's 75%. But sure. that means 25% of the songs are about water. We're actually doing a great... No, about <laughs> water. Um, so I apologize. I think we're still going to have fun. We're going to still worship, but... There's a lot of fire in the music this week. Okay, now people are really, really interested in knowing what the gospel reading is. Uh, it's in two parts. It's, the whole thing is short, but there's two parts. I'm going to do the first part about fire. And then, Michael, you're going to do the part where it says, do you think I have come to establish peace? Okay. This is Luke chapter 12. It's just verses 49 to 53, so it's very short. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter 
and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now, the good news of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as a dad that has two daughters, we're going to do just fine after hearing yeah, this. I, I, I was looking at that. Yeah. There's nothing about a father and daughter. So How, we are going to be good at the puppet's house. Okay, here's the, here's the problem. Because we read this, people are going to be thinking about those last parts, the part that you read, instead of the part that I read. Yeah, as be, usual, be, I'm carrying the, word, the load. You're carrying the, the heavy, yeah, the heavy part. I'm used to it. That's your job. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the first part. The way I see this division stuff, this division uh, aspect of the gospel, mm-hmm. is more a result rather than a desire on the part of Jesus. He's, okay. not, he's basically saying, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. However, people are going to spend all that time thinking about my 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 wife and my mother you know the, the mother-in-law and the daughter daughter-in-law oh yeah so but let's stay with the top part okay jesus says i have come to set the earth on fire and how i wish it were already blazing so let okay besides having song after song after song about fire yeah i'm calling on fire Is we that are one gonna of you're, we're gonna call on fire and what what else are you doing you got uh, the song ablaze. We're ending with a blaze. I'm regretting that one already. And then we're opening <laughs> we're opening with set a fire. But that's not really fire. It's talking about setting a fire down in my soul. But that that, that that is what this is all about. That I can't contain and I can't control. Okay. What does that take those words you just said? It's yep. the opening song. Uh-huh. That means about ten percent of our people will not hear it on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, they're not listening to the podcast yet. It's still the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean? Yeah. What? what I mean, it's it's good words. Okay. Uh, so but l- why, why did the writer, the author, write set a fire in my soul? Okay. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and uh, we've talked about this a little bit uh, in terms of like our our posture, maybe the posture of our hearts at mass. Uh, because I, when I think we really have entered into authentic discipleship and authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, the inner longing of our heart cannot be uh, inhibited anymore. I think sometimes, like when we're at Mass, it's very easy just to kind of sit there and... <laughs> but if we're really tr- asking the Lord and the Holy Spirit to set fire within us, Fire can't be contained, right? Like it has to find a way to like outwardly express itself. We try to contain it all the time. Sure. I mean, we we have a fire circle out there with a, a, a rim around it. Yeah. Uh, in church, we have candles with glass globes around them. We try to contain the fire. Yeah. You know, somebody said to me, uh, I've shared this with you, but I haven't said it on the podcast. Uh, it was a visitor at our church a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about... Um, he was a worship leader at his church uh, up in Michigan, and he was talking about how much the the music just was pulling on to him to like just enter into this uh, beautiful moment of worship and just like authentically pray and praise God. And as he kind of looked around the room in our church, it just looked like people were like five out of ten excited about what was going on. And he said, "What do you think that's about?" And I said, "I think sometimes we're so afraid to be vulnerable and enter into something." that it comes across as looking passive or unenthusiastic about something. But when I think about 
Jesus setting fire in my soul, something that I can't contain or I can't control, my outward expression of that would it would just it would move my body, it would move my face. I would want to, you know, sing that at the top of my lungs. Okay, to, I'm going. To, I agree with you, and I do agree with the the whole concept of setting a fire is. It's like having a passion for your faith. Sure. Like, uh, it it really, uh, you're not just there to be passive, be a recipient, but be a participant. Right. At the same time, however, I would say not everybody is always going to be expressive in it. Some people simply cannot be. I think it's almost like not in their DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some people, uh, you know, I think of the person who, you know, here's the real strong rhythm and everybody else is dancing and he or she finally will move their foot a little bit this way, a little bit that way, a little yeah. bit back, but that's about the best they can do. I'm going to challenge you on that though, because I think there's a stubbornness in the human condition and I think there's not a willingness to go outside of your comfort zone. Well, I, I agree, but I'm, I guess the reason I'm saying this is I don't want us to assume that anybody who's not waving their hands and clapping and singing at the top of their lungs is not also still with it. Sure. And I, it's somewhere in between. I, I, I don't think we're saying that you have to be physically expressive. I think you have to be emotionally involved. But I also want to say, and I, this is where I want to turn the conversation, I don't think it's just about liturgy. Sure. I think when we say set a fire, it's a fire in your faith and not just a fire in, at, at Mass. Keep going. Well, yeah. I mean... Uh, is your heart on fire for the Lord? Are are you willing to uh, stand up for the right thing during the week? Mm-hmm. You know, what if what if you have to challenge somebody at work, even if it's your boss, about something that doesn't seem to be morally right? Yeah. What what if you have to stand up for the kid that's getting knocked down on the playground? Uh, what if you have to be the one who? initiate something really positive for the neighborhood sure you know i think the fire has to be something that you're willing to say this is putting my faith into action a woman came up to me after mass on sunday uh, and she was um, just talking to me about how much like social justice or or maybe you know doing something as a result of her faith is so exciting to her um, and she was talking about, you know, the whole idea we saying go out, go out last week that yes, like when we leave mass, it is, a, it is literally said to us, go out and, you know, live the gospel with your life or what do you usually say? Uh, there's, there's, there's different two, versions. there are th- two or three versions you can use, but one is, uh, the masses go out and, and, uh, serve the Lord with your life. Yeah. So it's, it's literally a command to leave this place with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist present within us with our hearts set on fire to go out and change something outside of this place. If we go to mass and we just take it in and we sit there and it happens for 60 minutes and we're unchanged by it and nothing in our, nothing changes around us as a result of it. Then I think we need to say, well, what are we doing in our faith and, and that is another example of the value of the image of fire because fire always changes. And spreads. And spreads. Yes, it, it really does. Uh, it has to. It, it consumes. It, 
it will die if it can't spread. Right. In fact, that's how they control fire sometimes, is they take away uh, like a forest fire. Mm-hmm. And if they see the fire going a certain direction, they will go that direction and create a different fire under under controlled circumstances mm-hmm. to burn the possible fodder. So when the forest fire that they don't want comes to that point, yeah. it has no place to go. What is fodder? Fodder is food for, for fire. Oh, is it? Well, fodder is actually a farmer word. You you feed the, you know, there's uh, fodder for the animals, sure. livestock, but fodder simply is means what you're going to eat or consume. There's a great restaurant in Toledo called Fowl and Fodder, which is not a sponsor of the 23 podcast. Fowl Fa- and Fodder? Fowl and Fodder. Oh, Fowl and fodder. There's some great avocado toast. As we've talked about avocado toast before. You and I should go. We'll get, get some I, coffee. I, I had avocado toast for the first time. When? After you and I talked. Uh-huh. What, where were you? Where was I? Somebody. Well, first of all, somebody brought some in to show me what it's like. But by the time they brought it in, it was green. I avocado want, I, has a very short sh- yeah, life. In- it was green. I didn't want to eat it. No, it's supposed to be green. It no. turns brown. <laughs> but, I, but I had some later on after that. But I don't remember where. Flying Joe also has good avocado toast. Yet we digress once again. Back to fire. Well, you digress. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm talking about fire and fodder. Uh, so um, fire spreading everywhere. You know, the image that comes to mind, and I hate to be cliche because we've used it before, but it really is powerful that at the Easter vigil, you know, the light of Christ enters the darkness of the church in the Paschal candle. And from that one candle, then the entire church becomes illuminated with all of the candles that the entire assembly is holding one at a time and has been lit from one central candle. And from there, you know, entering into the liturgy of the word. And then I think it's exemplified from then the RCIA becoming either baptized or confirmed, receiving Eucharist for the first time. Because that then is the human condition of the fire spreading. Somebody shared with that person at one time, Jesus Christ. Uh, and as a result of that, that person is now entering the sacramental life of the church. There are many ways that people come to f- face-to-face with lived faith. Yeah. But probably the two we hear about most are people who have a very powerful experience of the Catholic liturgy. Hmm. We hear about that, and that that lights a fire in their heart. The second thing we hear about quite often, though, is when somebody is witness to somebody living their faith. They see a person who is very authentic, uh, doesn't just, you know, get on a soapbox and quote-unquote preach the gospel, but they do preach the gospel. They're, They're willing to act on it, to live it, uh, they stand up for something, and they're willing to talk about it as necessary. And that's part of the definition of integrity is that you not only know what you're doing, but yeah. you're willing to explain why you do it. While I was at Mommy Bay this morning, um, the presentation for the day uh, for the participants that were at the conference was training on RCIA. And I was sitting out in the hallway outside the conference room, but I could hear into the room while I was waiting to go in. And... What the presenter was saying was interesting because she asked the question of the participants, when does evangelization start for somebody that is going to be an RCIA? Does it just magically start on September 1st or after Labor Day when the RCIA classes <laughs> yeah, start? Yeah. Like that's the only time we're receiving people to, that want to be evangelized to. And of course the answer is no, that it, it happens in that first experience, that first interaction that you have with somebody. And sometimes it that first interaction is the grandmother used to take the person to church. Sure. Or, you know, I ask people that quite often, like when, 
when did this happen? And they might say there's something going on in their lives right now. Yeah. They feel the, the call of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, they'll go back and say, well, I remember I dated this person who was Catholic when I was an undergrad. Mm-hmm. Or I, I also went to church with one of my friends when I was in, uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the seed is planted way before. Yeah. But people don't realize how important those seeds are. I just, just talking um, last week with somebody that's getting married here this fall. They're having a conv- convalidation mass here in the church. Uh, and this person was in RCIA last year. And I asked her, I said, so where did you encounter the Catholic Church for the first time? And she said it was in high school when I was at a Catholic high school. And I just kind of fell in love with the rhythm and the beauty of Catholicism. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the beautiful thing of the Catholic faith, you know, is that it's it's it invokes all of our senses. There's a mystery to what we do when we celebrate Mass. Okay, back to fire. All of our senses. It's light, it's heat, it's uh, movement, it's all of our senses. I don't know if fire has smell, but you, the smoke does. Sure. Now, real quickly. Quick, because we're almost out of time. Real quickly, uh-huh. you know, fire changes. Fire gives us hope, but we might have to go through some hard times. And with that, I would suggest reading Jeremiah. We're not going to read the passage right now, but read Jeremiah before you come to church. So you're getting some homework this week, folks. Yes. They're going to throw you in the cistern, and you're going to be stuck in the mud at the bottom of the cistern, and you're going to think, woe is me. Poor Jeremiah. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to go to church this week. Yes. So it's but the then, first but reading. Then, but then he gets pulled out. So it's like, okay, even in your worst of times, don't give up. And then in the psalmist reading... We get to be bossy and just tell God what to do. Lord, come to my aid. Yes. So if you have a tendency to be bossy, this is the weekend for you. You're going to sing that one yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) And with that, it's been a great podcast. We'll talk to you guys. We'll see you next week.